0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and
1: head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The world is veiled in darkness. The wind stops, the sea is wild, and the earth begins to rot. The people wait their only hope, a prophecy. While that prelude sounds awfully relevant in America 2020, it actually dates to December 1987, when Square released the original Final Fantasy game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Modest success, the game spawned a sequel, and then another sequel, and then another sequel, and more than 30 years later and dozens of related games, it is rightfully regarded as a cornerstone of the fantasy RPG genre. So cue the MIDI harp arpeggios and board your airship, because we're going to get more crystals than a tweaker in Palm Springs as we debate the best Final Fantasy game ever. I'm a lustful Lally Ho and your host, Eric Resniak, and I am joined by this week's panel. He's just burning doing the Manderville dance. Please welcome back Bob
0: Erlenbach. Hildebrand took my heart and robbed me blind.
1: (laughs) He's making a killing by investing in his Sephiroth IRA. It's Chad Resniak.
2: All right. Let's mosey.
1: <laughs> and Sabin can rush his bum anytime. Please welcome to the podcast, Ryan Andresiglio.
2: Uh, yes, I am ready to take that Aura Bolt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know you are. So this is a very special episode of the Great Pop Culture Debate. As I hope you know, the podcast has its own Patreon, where you can support what we do from as little as $2 per month. Each level has its unique perks, but for our best supporters ever level, you actually get to suggest the topic of a minisode and then join us on the panel. That is right. You actually get to be part of the podcast, and that is what we're doing here today. Dr. Chad is one of our best supporters ever, and after some back and forth, we decided on on the best Final Fantasy game for his chosen topic. Chad, what made you decide to do this one?
3: Well, Final Fantasy games have been just absolutely iconic for me uh, throughout my throughout my life, and I'm not much of a pop culture person. So when you're like, "Hey, let's debate pop culture," I'm like, there are very few things that I'm actually capable of speaking on in a in an informed way, and uh, this was it.
1: Well, there you go. And so Chad, in the long line of uh, American Tradition, got this by bribery and also by nepotism. He is my baby brother. But uh, he and I worked together to draft regular Great Pop Culture Debate panelist Bob and also Dr. Ryan, who also uh, let's just say has a personal connection to the podcast and leave it (laughs) that way. (laughs) Um, Once upon a time, the four of us actually played Final Fantasy XIV together online from four different states, and that is how we came up with this panel. So thank Thank you so much for your support, Chad. It means a lot to us and keeps our podcast going. And if you are interested in joining the podcast, we will do up to three of these Patreon-selected minisodes per year, so head on over to patreon.com slash greatpopculturedebate and subscribe at the best supporter ever level to unlock that side quest. With that out of the way, how does this work? For our minisodes, we don't do a public poll. Our panelists consider all the options for a specific topic. As a group, we condense our picks down to a top 16, and then we randomly assign them to a bracket so that we can argue and insult each other, all for your amusement. For the purposes of this episode, we considered any game that was an official Final Fantasy property and had Final Fantasy in its title. So that includes the 15 main series games, their assorted prequels and sequels, and a load of spin-offs. In fact, there were more than 50 that were up for consideration. We did not include related properties such as Kingdom Hearts or Chrono Trigger or Bravely Default, even though those are square properties that are certainly at least inspired, or in some cases, directly related to Final Fantasy. So if you want to play along at home, you can find the bracket to this episode, as well as all of our other episodes, in the bracket section of greatpopculturedebate.com. Download a copy. Fill it out with your picks and see how they stack up to our panel. Think we made the wrong decision? Did our bracket fall into the world of ruin? Tell us all about it by leaving a comment on our website or dragging us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook accounts. With that out of the way, let's kick things off with the Battle of the Chaff. It's 1992's Final Fantasy Mystic Quest versus 1988's final fantasy 2 we were equally split on arguably the two worst games on the bracket chad you will be the guest party member and support mystic quest while ryan will level up by doing damage to himself and speaking on (laughs) final fantasy 2 uh chad why don't you go first
3: i frankly uh resent the fact that you're considering this the chaff final fantasy mystic quest is an amazing game (laughs) for the soundtrack hey (laughs) hey (laughs) for the soundtrack um (laughs) so i actually kind of put mystic quest on here as a little bit of a um not as a joke necessarily but i wanted it to be represented because it is one of those uh one of the entries in the series that isn't given a lot of credit um but i mean i have a lot of these soundtracks on on my phone that i listen to routinely and the mystic quest soundtrack if you've never listened to it is just it's really rock and roll inspired which is probably why i like it but it's really a phenomenal soundtrack um that being said, after it actually got on the bracket, much to my surprise, I just assumed it was going to get cut. Uh, as I was researching it, it actually has a couple of interesting elements. Like you had a couple of different uh, types of weapons, like the the claws, and you can actually use the claws as like grappling hooks to get through some of the adventures and some of the puzzles in there. Um, One of the things that you'll hear from me throughout this podcast is it kind of bothers me like when the parties get bloated and you just have people sitting on the sidelines not doing anything. That doesn't make sense. Uh, This game doesn't have that. You have people coming in and out, so it really manages the party system very well. Um, And for me, it's a bit of a nostalgia pick. I remember this one a lot from when we were kids, uh, and it probably appealed to me more because I was younger and it wasn't nearly as complicated as some of the other entries.
1: Yeah, it was very much deliberately intended to be an entry level RPG to get Western audiences in on Final Fantasy before they put out some of the more complicated entries.
0: Because Western audiences are stupid.
1: <laughs>
3: That's correct. Exactly, exactly right. right. And <laughs> later ones too, I think. Like yeah. they dumbed down the endings for some of the other games because they didn't think we would get it, and they were probably right.
1: They were probably right. Welcome to America. So, Ryan, talk to us about Final Fantasy II, which I doubt many people have actually played.
2: Yes, it's true, uh, and it's because uh, access to it uh, here in the States was uh, pretty limited until uh, relatively recently. Uh, and I'll, I'd, I'd start by noting, uh, as, as some of y'all have already alluded to, that uh, Mystic Quest came out at a time when the developers over in Japan thought that us Americans were too dumb to understand how RPGs worked. So it gave us Mystic Quest as sort of an introduction to those mechanics, which is a little strange, Uh because we were given Final Fantasy 1 to give us all of that introduction, but we'll get to that later. Um, So Final Fantasy 2, by far, is not nearly one of my favorite Final Fantasy games, Uh, but I did play it and remember saying on multiple occasions how much I was hating the experience. And one reason uh, is the same as uh, many folks on the interwebs uh, note, about what's broken with the game is the leveling system. You have to do a skill to get that skill to improve. So, Eric, as you alluded, to get your hit points to increase, you have to take damage. And one way to do this is to attack your own teammates, which makes no in-game sense and kind of breaks immersion in the story, which is light to non-existent to begin with uh, i but mean
1: that's how my it. family grew up Like, what's <laughs> true? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's God. true Tougher by attacking one another but
2: go on yeah. so for many uh perhaps that theme that trope is somewhat familiar uh but in in a way it 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 breaks the game but in another way it does make a kind of sense when you compare it to the leveling system in final fantasy one. So in some ways I see final fantasy two as a response to the mechanics in final fantasy one, where in one you level up and all of your stuff gets better, but in final fantasy two, you have to practice being good at axes by using axes. And there is a sensibility to that. There is some logic to that. And for that reason, I do appreciate what Final Fantasy II attempted to bring to, uh, to the series and to the genre, that little bit of uh, skill and expertise-driven realism.
1: All right, so Bob, where are you coming down on this one?
2: I was I was so split on this. Well, not
0: I. I don't know how I could have been split on this. I suppose because I've never played either of these games. But <laughs> like it was kind of like I have to, have to do my research and rely on my research and listen to the arguments today to make that decision. I think I'm falling on the Mystic Quest side of things. Uh, I think the the soundtrack is what I was listening to as per Chad's recommendation. Um, and there was some just interest, interesting varietals for for this game with regards to it has the puzzles. It has it's just a little bit different from the rest of the games, which I think makes it in it in and of itself stand out. Um, and I just I do want to point out, I thought that Chad's argument about the fact that there's no party bloat for me is like the exact opposite. Like I love the party bloat, so that would actually Same. be something that I wouldn't mm-hmm. like about this. But I want characters, characters, characters. But um, I think I'm going to go with Mystic Quest.
1: Okay. Um, I would actually go with Ryan's argument here, which means we're deadlocked with a tie. And so how Mm -mm. do ties work in a mini-sode? It's a round-robin situation where I'm the first tiebreaker and then it passes off to people down the line so that I'm not making all the decisions, which is really bad and annoying and people hate it, including me. So for the first one, since I'm the tiebreaker, it's going to go to Final Fantasy II, but I thought Chad did a remarkably good job defending Mystic Quest, considering how little people know and or care about that game so final fantasy II will advance to round two
2: yay Next- we were robbed. We robbed if i could if i could interject i think it would be remiss for me to fail to mention before we move on that final fantasy II also features the first appearances of series-wide landmarks such as Sid, chocobos that. dragoons npcs that actually die and stay dead and there is a reference to Cain the dragoon.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yes, and that is why I personally aired on it, Chad, was because I think it added more to the series <clears throat> than Mystic Quest does, but again, I think you did a
3: very good job arguing it, so well oh, done. It's fine. I'm gonna lose a lot of these. The <laughs> other interjection I'd like to make before we move on is just so that people are aware if, uh, especially because it might not be people who have done a lot with Final Fantasy. When we say Final Fantasy II here, this is the Japanese Final Fantasy II. Good point. Correct. Um, Thank you. So, like, this Thank is like the original one. The Final Fantasy II that most North America uh, people would know is actually Final Fantasy four. That we'll debate later and should have a stronger case, but just as a—that's an there.
1: excellent point, Chad. And yeah, so so everyone knows we're using the actual series line up here, not the North American Gwailo version. So, um, thank you, Chad, for bringing that up. Next up, another tie vote between 2000's Final Fantasy IX and 1997's Final Fantasy VII. Bob, grab beer chocobo and go hunting for Nine's treasures. Chad, you are living in a material world, so you need to be <laughs> a material girl and speak on Final Fantasy VII. Bob, why don't you go first?
0: So I'll try not to choke my chocobo while I'm doing <laughs> this, but... <laughs> Ooh, zing. Um So, Final Fantasy IX is Actually, one of my favorite in the whole series. Um, You know, it came, in my opinion, it came after a couple um, installments, Final Fantasy Seven and Eight, which were a little bit more darker. I thought that these, this um, was a little bit more lighter and and fun and brighter um, in and of itself. Like it was super, it was super bright and colorful compared to some of the other games that um, came before it. But I really enjoyed. There was a lot of characters involved in this one. I liked Final Fantasy and Nine because there was a lot of options to the main story. Like I. I know somebody argued once before when I when I talk about this game's like, oh, there's all these side quests. I don't want to find all these chocobo eggs. I don't want to catch the frogs with Kina. Those were some that of the was things me. that I yeah, Those <laughs> were some of the things I really loved about this game is that it gave me an option other than actually playing the story. If I just wanted to sit down and play this game for a few minutes and not get sucked into an hour-long sequence of all of a sudden I can't break away from my PlayStation because I'm stuck here and I have to go to the bathroom. Like if I just wanted to play for a few minutes, like it was it was nice to have some additional side quests or different things to do, some some variety to the game. Um so those were a couple of the things I I will argue that I think it has probably the some of the greatest, if not the best, and most beautiful cutscenes and also well integrated cutscenes in all of the um all of the franchise. Um they're just really beautiful. Um and the characters are beautiful to look at. I think it, it gives you a variety of, of aesthetics for the characters, including Vivi, who is your who is your mage. Like it had a lot of those classic um, things that you think about with Final Fantasy um, in a in a more modern version um, of the game. So those are the reasons why I really loved that game um, and why I would choose that in this in this scenario.
1: And I believe square did say that nine was intended to kind of be a farewell to the classic high fantasy storytelling mm-hmm. that people had associated with it because they mm-hmm. knew they were going in a very different direction from 10 on, which well, they, they did. were
0: making. Yeah. They were making 10 at the same time that they were making this game. Like they were simultaneously being developed. So. Right. Um, right. It's, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I agree with you that it very much feels like a throwback, but in some ways- It's a love ways, letter, right? It's a love letter. It's a love letter. And in some ways, I, I think Vivi's the great example of this. He is the quintessential Final Fantasy Black Mage, and I think he's done beautifully in this game. I think Vivi is one of the most um, excellent examples of Black Mages that you'll find in the entire se- series. But uh, Chad, why don't you talk about Seven?
3: Well, if Final Fantasy IX is the love letter, my vote is to return that to sender. I do not
2: <laughs> like this game.
3: To to um, actually build on Bob's argument, uh, during my research, it actually turned out that uh, the composer for most of the Final Fantasy series, and I don't know how to pronounce this, and I'm sorry, but I've always said it is uh, Nobuo Uematsu. Correct. Nine is actually his favorite game and his favorite soundtrack. But what that means is that both he and y'all are wrong. Like, <laughs> yes, this game does not touch me in any good ways. Um, anyway, getting back to Final Fantasy VII, one of the things, one of the arguments that comes up on this podcast a lot is, you know, these things are, the, the importance, the significance of those games with regards to broader culture and with regards to specifically what you're looking at. And seven is that moment. Seven mm. is the moment that Final Fantasy exploded um i mean six was critically acclaimed but those were all still relatively kind of niche things seven just took everything over and you know i'll continue my false indignation here that i even have to defend seven against nine this for me should be an absolute slam dunk um but seven has uh an incredible story arc to it it has that moment where you know ryan alluded to earlier where uh you know the npcs die or people that are in your parties can die um but seven was was an absolute shocker when that moment hit and mm. it it massive i mean it, it changed the entire arc of the story because other people die and you're just like oh sorry and then somebody else just steps into the party there wasn't something like that in this game and i'm intentionally trying to not spoil it even though it's what 12 year, 13, now 20 something years old, something like that. I think you can spoil Just it. Just say it. <laughs> er, Eris gets stabbed by Sephiroth and it's amazing. The first time I looked through the game, I, <laughs> I loved, laughed. I laughed because I had never used her. Ironically, the second time I played through the game, I really liked her and I kind of almost cried. It was terrible. Um, mm. The The music is great. The battle system is is solid. I mean, it's just a straightforward, you know, trade off rounds kind of deal. Um, but the materia system is, I think, one of the best ways to uh, to incorporate magic to incorporate abilities uh, into into your characters. Um, And I mean, I really like the story, this, the the themes of it in terms of fighting against uh, rampant industry and consumerism and trying to protect the the planet from like a natural perspective, because in a lot of the other ones, you're saving the planet, sure. But like, this is a lot more about the essence and the life of the planet. Um, And, you know, when I was, when this came out, I was an edgy teenager that liked the dark and the dank and the, and the, and the doominess of it. So it kind of hit my aesthetic at the time.
0: You were it wearing ninja much... shoes at the time. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Because I absolutely
3: yeah. was. <laughs> he absolutely this game, was.
0: This game seven is so full of dread, Chad. It's just, ugh. If I wanted dread, I'd watch Halloween.
1: like honestly though it's very much of the 90s and i say this all the time now like in the 90s everybody was miserable and now that we're living in the 2020s i'm like we didn't know how good we had fucking had it (laughs) like but everybody was depressed in the 90s everybody was so that's chad's argument and i'm i suspect we will be discussing seven more but i want to put it to a vote ryan where are you coming down here
2: i'm absolutely coming down on seven i think the aris death and storyline is pinnacle peak character development, arc, and storytelling in the entire Final Fantasy series. And uh, also the music is intense. It's gripping. It's sad. It does everything. And as a few of you know, I very often turn to the soundtracks, uh, both in Final Fantasy 6 VI and 7, to uh, soundtrack my Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, I can attest to that.
2: It's so very That's useful for that so as well. Deeply nerdy,
0: it's wonderful. It is. So it's very, nerdy.
1: very <laughs> so nerdy. So Bob is one for nine, and I have Ryan and Chad on seven. I will say this, and I'm not going to go into detail now. I do not love seven anywhere close to the level that Ryan and Chad do, and I look forward to shitting on it in future rounds. But I <laughs> am going to vote for it this round because I agree with Chad's overall point, which is that. From a series perspective, seven is way too important for it to go out in round one. Way too important. It absolutely took, I think nine has better characters. I will not say it has a better story. Um, mm. I don't think either really? one of them has a good story I honestly don't, I don't think either one of them has a terribly good story um, But I think 7 is a more important game And that's why I'm going to move it forward And we will go into my issues with 7 in the future mm. uh, Next, Lightning strikes twice As it's 2010's Final Fantasy Thirteen, Up against its own sequel 2011's Final Fantasy Thirteen 2 I was the sole vote for Sarah and the sequel While Ryan will find the grand pulse of the main game Ryan, you go first
2: Sure. So once again, definitely not one of my top, top favorite entries in the Final Fantasy library. But I actually did like a lot of the experience in thirteen. I think it gets a lot of flack, especially in the first, I don't know, six hours or so of playing like a total railroad hallway. Uh, but the paradigm shift system is quite different. And it does take some time Getting used to. There's a learning curve there. So I think there was a bit of method to the madness to allow players to have a little bit of time to get accustomed and accommodated to that new battle system. And I, I thought that was pretty smart. Um, it, it does then shift once you get to Grand Pulse and it becomes more sandboxy, which I completely skipped. I'm a main gamer, I'm in it for the main storyline. I could care less about side quests and completionist. Uh, check boxes like getting all the items and fighting all the monsters that's to me that seems like our lives are in danger you beatnik why are we (laughs) taking time to go off and you know uh, collect rocks all across the land it just makes no in-game sense to me Uh, the sound is spectacular the soundtrack is great the graphics are i would argue better than later installments i mean I when i com- yeah, yeah when i compare the the fmvs the 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 uh videos and the uh battle in battle graphics in final fantasy 13 to uh the the nonsense camera work and the graphics in 15 13 is way better 13 yep. takes the cake easily yep. uh the story is absurd <laughs> i will admit yeah the- <laughs> The end boss literally wants you to kill him. I still cannot figure out the logic in that, um, but still, I, I I think it's a, a solid entry. And uh, although I never played thirteen too, <laughs> so I don't know much about it. Um, I'm I, my vote is with uh, Final Fantasy thirteen.
1: Uh, I am fine with thirteen advancing here. Um, like Ryan said, I think thirteen gets a lot of flack. That is, and I would argue, and I I will probably be told I'm crazy if it was not a female protagonist, I don't think people would hate 13 as much as they do. Mm, Um, I think there is a Mm, strong neckbeard element to this that is very much the same energy that I'm getting out of the people who hate the modern Star Wars trilogy. Just going to throw that out there. And I don't think Mm. it's a coincidence that it's female protagonists in both. I'm not going to say the 13th does not have flaws. Um, As Ryan pointed out, I think it's way more than six hours. I think it's closer to 20 hours of the hallway part of the game. Yeah. And... I think the the big sin, and even playing it the first time, um, splitting up the party for so much of that first like huge chunk of the game is very frustrating. Especially the Vanille and Saz plotline, which to me was excruciating. Like it was it was painful to get through because at the time I didn't care for either of those characters, and I found their uh, in particular the Brunhild battle uh, almost like a, a wing and a prayer just to get through it. Um, but I'm here to talk about 13.2. What I like about 13.2 is that uh, for everybody's faults with 13 being far too linear, 13.2 is almost the exact opposite. 13.2 is is like the anti-linear game. You literally can't even play all the various areas or go through various plot points in one playthrough. It's impossible because that's all about time travel and there's certain things that will never happen based on choices that you make earlier in the game. Um, it's super interesting and it has a variety of endings. I, I only played it once. I would actually totally be open to going back and playing it again. Uh, the, the ending I got was really depressing, but that apparently sets it up for 13.3, which actually I, I never did play. Um, one of the other things that I loved about 13-2 is in this one you only have two consistent party members. Sarah, who is uh, an NPC in, in in the first game. She's like the start of why it all happens because she becomes crystallized. She's your, your protagonist in this one. There's a new person introduced, Noel. And then the third party slot is filled by tameable monsters that you're oh. out there fighting you kind of basically tempt them to join your party and then you level them up through a similar system but not exactly the same as the crystal fear spheres in uh regular 13 and you can build them and i loved catching monsters and figuring out which ones worked with my party and the same paradigm system is in play here so like you could have a tank and a healer and then like i had my justice League of chocobos because they had all different colors and each of them had a different speciality in the magics realm and like you would open a battle have a like mega op frankly like the chocobos were way overpowered in this game the (laughs) battles would start my blue chocobo would just let loose with like lightning three or whatever it's called and obliterate everything on the screen before the battle even started it was incredible um it also has a great villain like Caius ballard is a better villain than bartandalus is in regular final fantasy 13 he's genuinely Mm. terrifying so it is a spinoff. I don't think it should necessarily advance over 13, but I do think it's a really cool idea and I wanted to speak on it. So uh, is everybody else sticking with their votes for 13 regular? Yes. 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 Okay, we're going to advance that one, and Sarah will go down. Uh, again, three-quarters of us <laughs> logged on to the MOG station to support 2013's MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. While I equipped my loser dress sphere, and by pointlessly repping for 2004's <laughs> sequel Final Fantasy X2, Chad, take us to Eorzea by speaking on fourteen.
3: So uh as Eric indicated at the beginning of this uh 14 is kind of special to me specifically because um it brought all of us together. Uh I had known Bob from way back when but you know I I had never really had all that much and this is going to get a little sappy I'm sorry but I've never really had a ton of interaction with you Eric like I had been in Todd or with Todd in the house for a little bit longer. Um and so I really didn't have a lot of time and interaction with you. And so 14 for me has that moment of, this was, I think like a Renaissance of years in my relationship. Cause you and I never really interacted very much up until we started with that. And then we got into D and D and then, and with the podcast. Um, but minus the sentimental grossness there. Um, 14 is a unique entry on this because it is MMORPG and so it's going to be kind of difficult to compare the apples to oranges here but I'm going to try and stick with the the familiar things. Um the music in this is is very good. It serves a different purpose than a lot of the other entries but the story in 14 has been has been really really good. Um If you're not familiar with 14's history, it's actually kind of unique, where it was originally launched, and it was awful. And I think Bob's the only one of us. Did you play original one, Bob? No, I never played pre-Calamity. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) But as Bob just mentioned, it was so bad, right? (laughs) It was so bad that the developers actually went in and destroyed their own world. They just wiped it clean with a calamity, and then hence came A Realm Reborn, where they came in and they they sold it. Yeah, yeah, they just had to comp- des- destroy all of its HP, um, <laughs> and and from there, you know, the the, the new producers uh, Yoshida is the main one I can think of. They've done a really good job of listening to the community and a really good job of trying <clears> to respond to um, the the concerns of what's been going on. Part of the problems with it is that it still relies a little bit on that what they call spaghetti code in the background, so that limits a little bit of what they can do, but. You know, if you have not played 14, the newest expansion, Shadowbringers, was such a good story. It's so good. Um, and I, I really can't vote against it because it's taken so much of my life, but deservedly so. It's mm-hmm. compelling. The there There's a lot of MMORPG things where you have to go and do stupid fetch quests, and what I like is that it's a little self-aware in the dark Knight storyline. It actually like calls back to, Oh, I'm going on another fetch quest and you get little <laughs> local options that are like, maybe you should just go shove it. Uh, it's great. <laughs> like, you get to live out that frustration in the dark Knight quest line. Um, but I mean the, the, the battles and the mechanics are phenomenal. Um, it has callbacks to the previous series entries, specifically the, um, they have some raids where you fight, the big bads from Final Fantasy 5 and Final Fantasy 6 and it's really cool because the normal versions you just fight their normal versions but in the savage version of those raids you fight like the last forms of those and those fights are so good they're hard mm-hmm. but they're so cool. good um mm-hmm. and so that it it it's accessible to everybody you can go in there and you can just be a gatherer and a crafter you don't even really have to do any of the fights there's people like me who I just you know go in and do a do duty roulette every day, just kind of silly grind up stuff. And then they have the ultimate content, which is for, you know, hardcore people that if you make a single mistake, your entire raid wipes and you have to start back over 10 minutes in the past. Um, so a, a really expansive experience for basically anybody who wants to get into that. Um, and yeah,
1: yeah, um, I'm not going to be at all mad that 14 advances here. I think it's a really cool game. It does have some issues, and I'm sure we'll get to that in future rounds, but um, there's a lot that I love about it. I do want to talk about X2 because it is the first official sequel in the series. It's the first one that they made sequels of the other games subsequently, but this was the first, and uh, it kind of sets the general precedent where most of the game is reusing assets from the original, but it adds on some unique systems. Uh, in the case of X2, it's only the female characters from, from fantasy 10 minus Lulu who got knocked up by Waka and she's replaced by pain who is fine I guess (laughs) Um, and it's jobs based so uh you have Yuna and Riku and pain switching through a slew of different classes by equipping what equipping what they call dress spheres in this game. And there's 17 in the original. I actually subsequently learned while doing this research that there's additional ones they added in the HD remaster, which I have but have not played, and now I really want to because oh, I you want to should. go and play. Yeah, I want to go and play those new dress spheres because they sound very cool. But some of those dress spheres are the expected stuff, like your white mage or your dark knight or your thief. Some of them are unique, like the animal wrangling trainer or the item wielding alchemist and then their ultimate dress forms each one of them has a very unique form um they're really cool like the, they they're visually stunning and give them incredible power Um, And then there are some that are just fucking batshit, like the pop star songstress or the mascots in which the girls are dressed as a Moogle or a Kate Sith or a Cactuar. Hmm. And um, I I think it's there's the, the main thing I love about this game ultimately is it is unabashedly gay it is so like <laughs> fabulous and kawaii and like if video games could sparkle it would be final fantasy x2 it is really really like girl power queer energy boys on the side and i loved that i thought it was really fun to play and i spent hours in the calm lands leveling up my dress spheres um <laughs> and i i did like and i didn't get because like to get the mascot ones are really hard and you have to do very specific things to get them and i never got those but i i i loved playing this game and it does ultimately end here's another like 20 or two late spoiler it does end up ultimately that titus who dies at the end of 10 or actually was revealed to never have been alive does he? does actually yeah at the end of 10 mm-hmm. like you find out that titus was never actually there he was a dream mm-hmm. that was made manifest yeah um at the end of 10 too he is actually made whole and alive, oh. and he and Yuna end up together. So, okay. Yeah. So cool. it, it actually does have a purpose for the series. So, with that said, is anybody changing their vote from 14? I'm guessing not. Ryan?
2: Uh you know, I, I do admit you're never fully dressed without a dress fear, but I still <laughs> am going to stick with my original vote on Final Fantasy 14. After hearing Chad's description of what's going on in the recent content, it's honestly making me want to jump back in. Me Come too. back to me, baby. I'm
1: down, <laughs> I'm down to clown.
2: Bob, yeah. what about you?
0: I'm going to stick with 14
1: that's fine uh, another even splits between 2006 Final Fantasy 12 and the OG 1987's Final Fantasy Bob you have activated the licenses to do some fabulous Bujerbin shopping by <laughs> speaking on Final Fantasy 12 Ryan obtained the rat tail and take Final Fantasy <clears throat> 1 to the sky I'm gonna go with Bob first
0: well you've already captured me with fine Bujerbin shopping <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Final yeah. Fantasy 12 I've never I I've started to play the Zodiac Age, um, which is yeah. like the remaster of this game. Um, but I never actually physically played this game initially. Eric, you played it. Um, <laughs> I, this was this was during the era of when I used to be the navigator. I used to hold the, on to the strategy guide, and I'd yep. I tell you, don't forget to get that that treasure chest, or we'll never get the weapon later. <laughs> like that True. was me. So, um, but it was it is one of my favorite games. Um, I think it has great characters. I I think um in my opinion it is one of the most fuckable casts for me um uh-huh. you know von um, belfer oh my goodness so belfer and fran eiffel tower all that stuff totally <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you really pulled um, a rabbit out of a hat there yeah. and uh, oh you and Vaughn has that i want to speak to the manager hair total killer <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> But in all seriousness, it's a. I think it's a fun game. It's 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 got a lot of fun characters. I think Belthir is a super cool character. Um, the piratey aspect of it, um, the license board in Gambit system, I really enjoyed the license board specifically. I think of like the license board is really a game in and of itself because you have to be so strategic in what you choose. Mm-hmm. It even looks like yeah. a checker or a chessboard, right? Like yeah. that. You know, I talked about side quests earlier. Like really thinking that through and thinking through your license board is a challenge. And if you don't do it right, like. You're kind of effed. You're fucked for Maybe. a while until you can t- till you can make it right. Um, so I thought that's that's really cool. The gambit system I like because now that I'm playing myself, it helps me a lot because I I, I, I can't handle a lot of things happening on the screen all at once. So I need my other people to kind of take care of their shit themselves. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, and that's another strategic kind of side game. Really, is really planning your gambits well. And if you fuck up a gambit, oh Jesus! Oh, in Jesus. the middle of a battle, you're like, no, why are you doing that? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> um, so um, I think this was the first game that didn't include random encounters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where you I think, think that's are, right. You're in the free open world, and like you're approaching characters. So for me, who hates random encounters, I know that they're necessary to level up. I liked this edition because. If I needed to get from point A to point B, I could potentially avoid encounters to get there and then kind of go back and level up later. So I think it mm-hmm. gave a lot of flexibility in your way to play the game. Um, so those are really some of the reasons. And it's it's a beautiful game. It's, it's,
2: it's nice to look at and everything. So um, I think Mystic Quest also you could walk around and not run into random encounters. Is that right, Chad? That is
3: true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Mystic Quest is not usually considered on the main the, the main sequence no not at all (laughs)
1: the only other one i could think is possibly 11 which is not on this bracket because i don't think any of us played it but also i don't think i had random encounters because it was an mmo
2: right Right. Right. so that's final fantasy 12 for me
0: Mm.
1: great um i'm gonna pass it to ryan for final fantasy one
2: Yeah, so this is the one where, if you remember, uh, four heroes with dark orbs appear out of nowhere and have to rescue a princess and her magic 2,000-year-old guitar from an evil knight in a ruined temple. We don't see this happen, but four fiends come along and save the knight by sending him 2,000 years into the past to live in the temple's basement for a while, and we kill those fiends and restore the orbs and then travel 2,000 years back to the past to break into that basement using that magical guitar to kill the four fiends again before the evil knight can send them all into the future to repeat this process all over again we then kill him again but he's actually an archdemon named chaos and this changes history so no one really ever knows that any of this ever happened what makes total sense exactly i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> that being well, said then- final fantasy one is one of my favorite entries <laughs> it's D. it's basically a uh, one-on-one game of D&D. The computer is giving you back what the DM would say and do. Yes, it's oversimplified, but it has that old-school quality of the game starts, and the first thing you do is you create a character. You have choices of classes. You get to pick them. The leveling up is really satisfying. The The mechanics are, are crunchy and reminiscent of that old-school RPG tabletop feel when you get that rat's tail i don't know why it's a rat's tail it's actually called tail but you know it's in the shape of a rat that's a little nonsensical but the result of that is this super saiyan power-up upgrade for all your classes which is just so satisfying it feels really rewarding and at that point in the storyline it's it's really the boost the game needs to get you motivated to forge forward on the adventure Uh, for the first entry. And for eight bits, the graphics are great. You really feel like there's action happening on the battle screen with different animations for different weapons and different spells. Uh, The soundtrack is really good. Uh, Some of that original, you know, get your blood pumping adrenaline rushing battle music is there and it's genius. It has the highlights in the soundtrack and those more somber, lowlights those you know creepy backgrounds for some of the really twisty turny uh, dungeon moments in the game Uh, so all in all it it really does have everything you'd want from a Final Fantasy game including the impossible to understand paradoxical Mobius strip convoluted (laughs) plot line Uh, the ending and that plot twist is absolutely inconsequential it does not matter the game still goes on if you just get to the end by killing the fiends and this guy called chaos. So I don't know why we needed this whole weird time loop thing, but there it is. There
1: it is. Uh, Chad, where are you coming down on this one?
3: Um, I think in my original bracket, I had final fantasy one probably because I had just played it and there's a little bit of recency bias. Uh, But as I was looking through some of the research there, like apparently the first, the original version of it was kind of a buggy mess. A lot of the spells didn't really work. A lot of the stats yes. didn't really work as intended. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, I've got some issues with 12 that I'll talk about later, but I think I'm actually going to flop, especially with the fine bouger bin shopping. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I've got to get me in on that. I've got to go with 12. Mm-hmm. You were supposed um, to say Bob
0: convinced me with his argument, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: I mean, I'm sorry. I think the Final Fantasy One cast is still more fuckable. I just... I, <laughs>
0: Twelve they're eight-bit fuckable. Eight bit fuckable. I you it. you
3: can't tell. You can't tell. They That's are what right. you make out of them. That you warrior of light, It It's not a. It's not a male warrior right necessarily. Exactly. Okay. Okay. It's true.
1: It's true. Um. So this is one where I'm actually really ambivalent, but it's because I I like both options equally. Um. Twelve really got shit on a lot when it first came out, and um. Well, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but uh. The North American release really kind of got hobbled by changes that they made to again quote make it more marketable to an American audience that I think really fucked it in the long run. Um. But one is the OG motherfucker. Like it is, we wouldn't have any of this without one. And I think Ryan did a great job pointing out, I mean, the complicated plot is the complicated plot, but all Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy games have complicated, nonsensical plots. Um, But it like we wouldn't have any of this without all of it. And it really- We wouldn't
2: have Square. Square was going under.
0: Right. Final Fantasy had one, save that company. We wouldn't have any of this without Dungeons and Dragons.
2: (laughs) That's true. Uh, That's That's true. Or like games like Ultima. And FF1
1: very much like we recently replayed it. FF1 really is like, oh, this is literally just Dungeons and Dragons put onto a computer cartridge. That's what this yeah. is. Yeah. But um I am inclined to go with 12 because I enjoy playing 12 and have played it multiple times for hundreds of hours, literally. Whereas I actually don't enjoy playing one because it is fucking hard and infuriating. It is, it is buggy. Difficult. It is super difficult. It is buggy, as Chad mentioned. Um, And it's just not a pleasurable experience for me. And ultimately, (laughs) if you put both in front of me and said, which one do you want to play? I'm going with 12 all day long, whether it's the original American release or the zodiac age one which i think is far preferable and i think we'll get to that in future rounds that is 3 to 1 with 12 advancing and i think Ryan did an excellent job with his arguments here um and no disrespect to final fantasy 1 or the people who love it again we would not be having this conversation if it was not not only a great game but a take a drink at home iconic game
2: <laughs> indeed so
1: we will be advancing 12. Three quarters of us got a job and picked 1992's Final Fantasy V, while Bob preferred the JPRG boy band stylings of 2016's Final Fantasy fifteen. Bob, why are you riding shotgun with Noctis? And Ryan, lead five into battle on the big bridge. I'm going to go with
0: Bob first. So I will do my best to argue on a game that I really don't like all that much, but I like <laughs> five even less. So, um... Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Final Fantasy 15, I I said it a couple times earlier already in this podcast, like the variety is what I like in these games when something can be trying to do something different. And that's kind of, you know, how I picked a couple different of a couple different choices that I've had already on the bracket is it, it gives us a different option to just a straight up Final Fantasy game, right? Um, I think that Final Fantasy 15 tried something new, tried something different. Um, the open world I think is great. I like the kind of daytime nighttime monsters piece of that, um, kind of a different dynamic, um, altogether. Like if you get stuck by one of with one of those overnight monsters, good luck trying to get out of that. Um, it was, a, I mean, there was the, you know, the, the, mode of transportation, the car was fun for about five minutes. You could obviously get soundtracks to different final fantasy, previous final fantasy games. Um, you know, I think that Final Fantasy XV kind of is one of the more recent games that kind of has that, what they call that season pass, where you can continue mm-hmm. to get like expansions and additions and in different um, uh, in game kind of purchase content. Um, so it kind of never really ends, so to speak. You can always have variety in there. It spawned and has a lot of secondary games and iOS games that kind of work in tandem and simultaneously. Um, so there's a lot going on with it um the cast doesn't really do a whole lot for me i mean there's only four of you um and you're kind of on that that boy band road trip but you know gladiolus is dtf for sure Mm
3: -hmm.
0: (laughs) and Prompto's clearly kissed a man in college and probably a lot of times since then so um, (laughs) other than that like it it's a it's a nice game i i will be honest and i say i'll say i never finished it um (laughs) But, oh. um, you know, it's it's yeah. visually a, it, it's an attractive game to to watch and look at. So, um, yeah, I do like it, but I don't certainly don't love it. It's not really Final Fantasy at the end of the day for me.
1: But yeah. And I'm going to vote say, for it
0: anyway. <laughs> I, I
1: rage quit this game. I rage quit this game probably a third of the way through. So, mm-hmm. Ryan, I'm going to pass it to you for five.
2: Sure, sure. Um, five is a little bit for me of a throwaway title. But I, I did actually enjoy the, especially the the job class system. That is a refinement from the Final Fantasy III job system. Uh, and enjoyed it so much more than my time spent um, uh, w- waiting to get from point A to point B in Final Fantasy XV. The scenes of just sitting there in the, in the car, uh, maybe flipping through some of the stations to check out some of the... Uh, old soundtrack entries was maybe cute, but if I'm gonna play a game, I'm there for the gameplay. And the gameplay in Fifteen either at some points was non-existent because you're sitting there just waiting around, or it's just not a final Final Fantasy style gameplay. It 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 felt more like a, a third person action kind of beat 'em up kind of game. kind of It kind of reminded me of Borderlands at certain times. Which just did not strike me as uh, a Final Fantasy uh, genre feel, though. I'm hesitant to to land any spoilers here because Bob hasn't finished uh, fifteen. But please land them.
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well then, uh, in that case, yeah, I won't say too much in detail. But it also has that quality, which I guess does give it some Final Fantasy flavor where the end boss wants you to kill him, which again makes no sense. Not like Final Fantasy V has a groundbreaking story. It absolutely does not. It it has a <laughs> weird battle against a tree monster who is trying to swallow the world up with some void thing. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a little rough around the edges in terms of the story, but the gameplay is... Phenomenal. I spent lots of hours uh, leveling up and grinding out those um, job class uh, mastery levels. And and that for the RPer in me, the min maxer, the munchkin type crunchy RPG player, that was really quite satisfying.
1: Yeah, and that's the best part of the game to me, too, is that job system. It's really in-depth, and it's fun. Like, mm-hmm. it is so much... It I enjoyed leveling up, even, like, the weird ones, like the Geomancer and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, there are these weird little classes that I just found super fun to play. Um, Chad, where are you coming down on this one?
3: Oh, definitely 5. I've never played 15, um, but I actively enjoyed 5. I thought 5 was the absolute pinnacle of the job system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mm-hmm. mean... Uh, yeah, it's a little weird you fight the tree um and the, yeah, the, the yeah. thing's name is X death. Like that's just yeah, not a great name. On. Um but I, I actively enjoyed Five a lot. Um but I do want to make a separate point here that Eric, I say this with all the love in the world, when you said that you rage quit 15, that's not exactly like an exclusive thing. That's not a like that's not a small list of games you tend to rage quit. That
1: is fi- that is fair. That is 100% <laughs> fair, ladies and gentlemen. But I would say in terms of Final Fantasies, I don't know how many other Final Fantasies I have Rage Quit.
3: That's fair, too. That's fair, too. Um well, I, I frequently – like.
0: Sorry. Sorry, Jen. No, you're gone. I frequently Rage Quit 14, but I always go back to it. Sure. <laughs> Come back to it, me, baby.
1: It's an abusive relationship, but at it least really it's is. got something there for you. So I believe that's three for five and 15 is out of here. Uh we actually had a unanimous victory for 1994's Final Fantasy 6 so I'm not even going to bother talking about that one right now but I do want to spend a moment talking about the game that it knocked out of the brackets which is 1999's Final Fantasy 8 uh which I hate like uh, that is actually the other Final Fantasy game that I think I've rage quit um I'm not going to spend too much time in it cuz we're running long but this is a game that to me I don't like any of the characters I don't think that the plot is interesting or exciting Um, I cannot stand the magic drawing and the uh, junctioning systems. Uh, To me, I think there's a very good reason that this is the last of the 3D era games that's been Mm. given an HD remaster. That is apparently in the works right now. But uh, 8 to me is kind of like the weak titty on the modern game cat. And does anybody want to say anything pro 8 quickly? Or are we all kind of like, yeah, it was a misfire. Mm, I I kind of want to
2: say I just liked it a little bit, the gameplay and the mechanics of drawing, and some of the characters are cool, and the story is weird and twisty, and apparently we're all orphans at the same place and time. (laughs) I guess that's depth, but Final Fantasy VI, come on.
1: Right, right. (laughs) You just like Dominatrix Quistus. I really do. yeah. And I She's will say like the
2: leader of the pack for my um, Real Housewives of Final Fantasy.
1: For sure. I can I see know. that. And I will say that Adia has a great visual design. Like I, yes. when I was seeing the promo materials, I was like, that's a hot bitch. And then mm. I just – I could not get into that fucking game. I just couldn't. Um, can anybody I speak else t- to it briefly?
3: Yes, go for it. Uh, so eight, the first time I played it, I hated it too, and I think because mm-hmm. it came right off of seven, and they even acknowledged thematically it's very different. Six and seven are both fairly dark games, whereas eight was meant to be very much lighter in its design. Really, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, when you look at it, like the colors are brighter. That the UI mm-hmm. is not, which who the who the fuck designed that UI? With everything you could do with the Final Fantasy VII user interface to just make it to slate gray was terrible, Um, but you look even look at the design of the garden. It's bright. It's got blues and oranges and everything. Like it's and thematically, it's a lot about love, and that was part of again me being a teenager when this came out. I'm like, fuck that. I want to like rage against the machine. Um, (laughs) But but eight for me is actually probably my top soundtrack of the entire series. It's well composed and it's well orchestrated. Mm. Um the, the, the one with man with the machine gun. Yes.
0: Yes. Mystic, it's, yeah. Mystic like Quest is good. giving you a
3: side eye right now. Uh, <laughs> Mystic Quest is a banger, but it doesn't like it doesn't take you on that emotional journey. Like Eyes on Me was, I think, the first uh vocal oh. sort of theme song that they had Yeah, Faye Wong.
2: Yep. That track um, is beautiful
3: gorgeous love that song um balam gardens theme Ami is like a, a piano version of that i mean like the the soundtrack for this game is is phenomenal the the junction system is poorly done but there's actually a steam remake where they give you a magic boost where it gives you like 99 stocks of the lower level magics and it takes a ton of the grind out of the front part of the game and it makes it easier mm. um and this game also gave us triple triad which i really enjoyed mm. but it. Going back to what Ryan said earlier, there are parts where it's literally designed where, like, you're like, I think Renoa just got ejected into deep space, and that's the only time you can get a card from somebody. And so she's floating into space, and you're like, hey, guy, let me play this card game. That part (laughs) kind of sucks. Um, But against Final Fantasy VI, no question.
1: All right, so we are going to advance
3: six, eight's going into the
1: trash or into deep space with Renoa. so get your card while you can. (laughs) Uh, Finally, another even split between 1991's Final Fantasy IV, and again, this is the actual Final Fantasy IV, so SNS Final Fantasy II, and Mm. 2001's Final Fantasy X slash Ten. Chad attempts to make the jack shot by swaying votes to 10 while I will board the blue whale and rocket to 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 the moon to support Final <laughs> Fantasy four.
3: Uh Chad, go first. So Final Fantasy X, the first time I played it, I was thoroughly not impressed. I, I didn't really understand what was going on and it just seemed kind of meh. <laughs> Um, but I replayed, Mm -hmm. I played it a couple years later with the, the, uh, HD remaster and it actually has wound up being one of my top games in the series. Um, the, the, the combat system is very simple, but it's totally solid. Uh, the sphere grid system was an effective way of managing leveling up, um, and, and letting you choose a little bit of your own progressions there. Um. And also Blitzball. Uh, I, I think Eric, if I recall, yeah, my first oh, no, time I, I hated Blitzball, but I actually got into it. And man, I'll tell you, I put a lot of time into Blitzball and I was like schooling those other teams by like 13 to zero scores. It was great. I um, would rather set myself on fire, Chad. Honestly, I did. swear to God. <laughs> I, I, I hear that. Like the first time, I, I couldn't get into it, but then the second time, I just—I don't know. It, it was really a lot of fun. Um, the theme for me was pretty cool. Down with organized religion. I mean, you had me at that. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's all you really need. I am a simple man at the end of it. Um, and so, I, I think it did a lot of—I think it did a lot of really good things. There, there are some weaknesses. The story was a little confusing. The fact that Titus winds up being just like a memory that it disappears at the end is—is is awkward. Um, yeah, what? The final boss fight of this game is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, no, wait, I'm bad. supposed to be defending it. Sorry. So yeah, you, you are. are. <laughs> um, it's great, and it's definitely better than the other game. Final fa- oh wait, shoot, that's Final Fancy Four. Final
1: Fancy Four, bitch, <laughs> get in line. So let me take that opportunity to come in here and say I actually do love Ten. Ten is one of my favorites, and so it it sucks that it's up against Four, but. I'm going to defend four. I think four gets a really bad rap. I think a lot of the people complain that it has too many gotcha moments and the plot makes no sense. But let us take this moment right now to recognize almost every single game we've discussed the, so far, there's been the caveat, well, the plot doesn't make any sense. But like no Final Fantasy game plots make sense. None of them. <laughs> Not one. They're all batshit crazy. <laughs> but that's part of why we like it. Like you get to three quarters into the game and you're like, I don't know who this bad guy is. I just know that they're going to destroy everything and I guess I have to kill them. Like, that is just... You go with it. That's part of the whole series. Um, So, for me... Uh, six gets credit for having a lot of the interesting characters that have a lot of plot development Before really started that trend. Cecil and Kane both are really complex. They mm-hmm. have to deal with some serious shit and overcome some personal challenges over the course of the game. Rydia has mm-hmm. tremendous growth. There are mm-hmm. notable heroic sacrifices from most of the rest of the cast. And yeah, Sid and edge are one dimensional and, and absolutely Fusoya Is kind of like thrown in at the end, but there are shitty characters in every final fantasy game. Every single one of them. So that to me is not a reason to discount 4. I think 4 is really grand in scope. It has. I'm currently playing through the sequel, the After Years, on the mobile device that I I downloaded on. And I find it very enjoyable. In fact, in some ways I like it better than real 4. But I also want to speak for a moment on my personal favorite character from the game edward the much maligned bard because (laughs) i think it
3: was you spoony bard
1: exactly i think it was so ballsy of the developers of this game to be like yeah let's put it a bard let's put him as a main cast member who can sing and play his harp and then he hides like that to me That is my dream RPG role. Like, <laughs> Get out there. He'll buff your party. And then be all like, uh-uh, bitch, you cannot touch me. Do not come for me unless I send for you. Like, iconic, right? Take a drink. And I just want to say, hashtag justice for Edward. Um, with that, I'm going to put it to a vote. Bob, where are you coming out on this one?
0: I'm going to go with Final Fantasy 4 um, for Cecil's fabulous makeover alone. Mm. So, yeah, he amazing. gets those and- streaks
1: put in. 10
0: will never get my vote blitzball destroyed Ugh. it for me Ugh. it's the worst
1: it bummed me out so much because like waka love waka totally fuckable mm. never could get his ultimate weapon because you had to play Blitzball. i don't think you could mm. get all of his reels without playing blitzball no
2: mm-hmm. sucked
1: um although I, again and for I, that I, reason I, i'm out <laughs> i love him. i really genuinely do uh ryan where are you
2: I hated final fantasy 10 for many of the reasons that were already stated. Really? <laughs> so I won't go too deeply into them. Yes. Uh, so my vote is strongly with final fantasy four. When, uh, Palum and Parum cast stone as a, as a child playing this for the first time, I had a total breakdown and was in tears for many, many minutes. Uh, when Rydia, uh, comes back and she's all grown up and powerful as fuck. I was jumping out of my seat and and cheering. It's just got so many uh, critical, uh, story-driven, and uh, emotionally evocative moments. Uh, Final Fantasy IV is one of my top picks ever. So I think that's
1: three for four. And only one for ten. Sorry, Chad. I, I still think ten is one of my favorites. I love it. Um, aside, from, Titus is actually the weakest member of the cast to me. But um, it
0: has one of the most cinematic opening sequences I've ever seen in a game. Oh, incredible! Like, with the music and that, oh, it's just it's phenomenal. It is a it's visually stunning opening to watch to that game. One hundred percent. I will give like, it that. Like
1: Sin is like I in, in my opinion, Sin is one of like mm. the best creations as a villain in this entire series. Like mm-hmm. Sin is terrifying. Um, so there's a lot of stuff I love about 10, but I do think I'm gonna put four ahead of it. So uh with that, we are at the end of round one. We are going to pitch a tent and take a quick break. You won't even have time to dodge lightning bolts on the thunder planes. So (laughs) we will be right back.
0: If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down.
1: Welcome back to the great pop culture debate on the best Final Fantasy game. Now that Aeris is dead, please insert disc oh. two to continue. We are moving on to round two. I could hear Chad's <laughs> pang of guilt, uh, and it is Final <laughs> Fantasy two versus Final Fantasy seven. And we discussed during the break; it's a unanimous victory for seven here. It's not even a question. So that will be advancing to round three. We also have a unanimous victory of Final Fantasy fourteen: A Realm Reborn over Final Fantasy thirteen, but. Chad first wanted to mention 13 briefly.
3: Yeah, 13, uh I wish it was up against something like Final Fantasy II, because it actually I think deserves a little mm. bit more credit. It has obvious warts like everyone mentioned earlier, where you're basically in a in a in a hallway for the first 20 hours. And, you know, when Eric was talking about how the the team breaks up, that's very frustrating. It's even more frustrating because they're just making stupid decisions. Like they're in the middle of a hostile area and this like twelve year old kid is running off on his own. Like that just doesn't make mm. sense. True. Um And then the Eidolon battles are just so infuriating. And the first time I played that game, I swore I would never do it again. But then years later, I booted it up. It was, I mean, 10 something years after it was released and those graphics are still beautiful and still hold up. And I think the Paradigm Shift system is the best combat system in the entire series. Really? Wow. Really. I will go at like, I... I thought it was a really good system. You could do a lot with it. It was very tactical. Um, And that's one of the things that really frustrated me about the early parts where I think you're right. There was a learning curve there. But once you get unleashed on Grand Pulse and you get the open world, this is Mm. probably like top two game for me if you just Mm. consider the Grand Pulse portion of it. Mm. Um, So I I just wanted to speak to that a little bit. It has a lot of really good stuff if you can get through that first part.
1: I can see that. Ryan did mention the way that Ryan plays games, and this will come up in a second. when We talk about 12 is he's mm. all about the main story quest and, and plowing mm. through. Um, I do think that that grand pulse, especially when you're fighting the turtles, which you need, what are they? Are they adamantoys? Is that what they yeah, are? I think so
3: so uh, shoot.
1: In order to get the ultimate weapons in 13, which is a bad system, let's just say that right out of, it is a bad system, you have to get very specific components and a shit ton of money, and the only way to get that in 13 is to sell ingots and these chunks of metal, and the only way to get those is to farm the adamantoids, which are massive they are like your characters are tiny pixels at the bottom of the screen <clears> and they're <are> these <throat> giant like AT-ATs from star wars <laughs> and you have to fight them and that to me is actually the best part of the the paradigm shift is in those battles you've got to paradigm shift on a dime mm-hmm. in order to even hope to live through them it's and very exciting cool. yeah it was very exciting and mm-hmm. i would say with those even once you're fairly high leveled those battles can go sideways in an instant mm-hmm. um but you have to really know what you're doing with the paradigm shift or it's never going to work. So Mm -hmm. it is a very cool system. It is, I would not call it one of my favorites, but it is interesting. And the grand pulse part is really when that game comes to life. The hunts in that game are fun. They're not as good as the 12 hunts. Um, but, but but they are fun. So with that said, we are advancing 14, A Realm Reborn. Um, but we, I still, and I'm glad other people have some love for 13 as well, because it is a gorgeous game and it has a lot of really cool parts to it. Uh, next up, we have 12 versus 5, and we are split on this one. So, uh, Chad, do you want to speak a, bit, a little bit more about 5?
3: So, uh, with five, I've only played it the one time, but as I said before, I really enjoyed the job system with this. And mm-hmm. I think it has the best deployment of the job system where there is actually like crossover skills that you can bring between the classes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your characters can get super OP by the end of this game if you have the right combination of jobs. And you almost have to for some of the uh, super bosses in this game. And this is something we haven't touched on with some of the other games, but the super bosses are a pretty neat aspect of a lot of these games. And there's this whole other dungeon uh, with Final Fantasy V where you have to have those skills built up, otherwise you can't possibly defeat the uh, the enemies on it. Um, v uh, also had uh, a lot of interactions with the with the party. There was, there was twists and turns throughout the story. Um the in terms of the party management it's not like you just have somebody sitting on the sidelines usually you've got people coming in and out you have a death that actually stays a death and then you have a new character that comes into the party but they inherit the powers from the other one so it's not like you have to farm somebody up from from the bottom Mm -hmm. um and you know in terms of the in terms of the bosses i mean x death is actually a pretty decent boss like this as we were preparing for this podcast it makes me realize how underdeveloped a lot of these bosses are so yeah. i mean an evil tree that wants to swallow the world into the <laughs> void is actually kind of on par um
2: and he appears throughout the game
3: yeah and it's a consistent big bad and a lot yes. of these other games you have like curveballs like final fantasy 10 where at the ending, right. all of a sudden you have that Who the hell is that and, and nine <laughs> also suffers from that necron comes out of nowhere yes
1: Who the hell is this? Ryan did an actual chart where like most of the Final Fantasy games, the big bad is not the person that you think it is for like three quarters of the game.
2: Correct.
3: Yeah, that's right. Always the case. Yeah. But from this one, you know it's Mm -hmm. X-Death. So I, I just I thought that was really good, especially when you contrast it with three, which I hate three. But three was one of the major like the starters of the job system. Five just absolutely improved on it and I think just made it flawless.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's interesting that we're talking about the job systems because 12, I actually think, is an example of where the job system went completely fucking off the rails, (laughs) at least in the original North American version of it. So let's take a step back. For those who don't know, 12 went through some serious development hell. Um, The characters of Vaughn and Pinello were slapped in there at the absolute last minute. They were not supposed to be in there originally. (laughs) And it was because... At the time, when they initially developed this game, Bash, or as Bob and I called him, Bashy McBashenstein, um, was going to initially be the main protagonist. And Square had right before that released a game called, is it Vagrant Soul Story or Vagrant Soul? Vagrant, story, Vagrant story. Thank you. And it flopped in America. And the protagonist was very similar to Bash, the wounded knight who's scarred and trying to, he's lost his his uh, loyalty and, his, and and feels great personal shame, blah, blah, blah. And that game tanked. And so Square was like, oh, it's because Americans don't want that type of a protagonist. They want the cute blonde teenager which is completely wrong that was not why vagrant story flopped in fact vagrant story has now kind of a cult following as being a really cool game i think 12 would have been much stronger if you didn't have pinello and vaughn in there they literally serve no purpose once you get out of the main city of rabbanaster like what is why are they there why is pinello there at all um And so what you end up getting is five Aryan kids and a rabbit woman as a party, (laughs) which is not great. Um, Not a good look. So that was one big problem with 12, was the party was mostly indistinguishable. The other big thing that they did for the North American release was they made it so that anybody could have any job at all. You could have every character in the game learn any skill, and basically everybody is a jack-of-all-trades. And Bob and I played this for hundreds of hours, and we still mm-hmm. really liked the game, but it was kind of like, what is like it? each character is completely pointless. Like nobody Mm -hmm. does anything special. There's some plot points for all of them, like Fran and Ash and, and um, Bash get some really great plot stuff, Balthier to lesser degree. Um, But none of them were special with Mm -hmm. the Zodiac age remake that they put out for HD. They changed it back to the original version, which is the job system. Each character can only get one job at first. You can get a second job later in the game and they are masters of those jobs. And I was really amazed playing that HD remake. And if you're going to play this game and you haven't yet... Please get the HD remake. It's excellent. It fixes a lot of problems with the game. Um, mm-hmm. And those characters are so fucking powerful with the, their specializations in those things. Like, holy shit, I was dealing tons of damage way earlier in the game than I was previously playing the, the 12 version. The one downside to the Zodiac Age is they mm-hmm. rehid a bunch of the items in places. And especially for, I think it's the breaker role, a lot of the main, like, techniques for the breaker are not available until, like, literally the last 10th of the game so what's the point of that role um but i love 12 and i know i'm rambling on and i know we've been going on but i think 12 is a great great game i think five is a good game and it's fun and the job system in it is really well deployed but 12 is a really complicated game that frankly you are not going to get that plot until at least two playthroughs because it's really intricate and very political Mm, very political it's very different for the series, but it's still undeniably a Final Fantasy <clears> game <throat> to me. Right. There's a lot of differences for this game from any other ones. Um, one of the other things that, that Ryan, again, being someone who's only playing the main story, there right. is so much interesting side story content in Twelve, and I think almost every one of those side stories is really cool and gives you... The hunts are super cool. Finding the different hidden espers, the espers themselves are useless, but the esper quests are really, really cool and bring you to some awesome optional dungeons. Um, There's a lot of stuff in this game that I absolutely love. Does anybody else want to say
3: anything else? I know I'm rambling. I would like to battle against 12. Sure, go for it. So, um, and this is probably the main portion of my argument is not so much pro five, but against 12. Um, one of the things that I didn't like about it is that first trip into the, into the, uh, desert, I think it's the Damascus or Sands or whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's, there's this one time you go into, like you open up into a screen and you walk forward and there's this gigantic ball of fire that will murder you. Oh yeah. It's,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an
3: incredibly rude placement of one shotted. Uh, yeah. Absolutely one shotted. And you can't really flee from it. It just, it just eats you. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that that was needlessly rude. the The main cast being just waspy as fuck is not <laughs> a, it is not a real good thing for me. I think it would have been better had almost anybody been the main protagonist besides Vaughn. A story about Bosch, a story about Balthier, a story about Fran. Shoot, I'll take Pinello. Vaughn was just the the wrong choice there. Um, and the Yasmot fight. Mm. The, the hunt system was great and when you know i gave eric shit about rage quitting a game i actually will own up to the fact that i rage quit this game with the Yasmot fight where i had been it, it was cool because there was never a boss like that in final fantasy where you literally had to fight it for multiple hours but i got like an hour and a half in and i hadn't saved in like 40 minutes and one of the things that he does is he can one shot kill your party member and you know, and I just saw it like dominoes. He one shot killed my party member. And then he, you know, just by RNG, he one shot killed another one. And I'm booking it. I'm like, no, save point, no. And I see him just coming up behind me and just pop, just dead, done mm-hmm. again. Um, and I, I calmly took it out of the PS2. I put it back in the case and I threw it in the closet. And I didn't touch it for months. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Gambit system, I kind of like the Gambit system where it's a little bit like an introduction to like programming because mm-hmm. you kind of have to program mm-hmm. the, the Gambits properly. But then mm-hmm. I think it's a little silly, like in uh Final Fantasy II that Ryan had mentioned, that if you don't program your gambits properly, you can literally have your party like start attacking your own party. Totally mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. through like flukes of the the programming. And I just a think that that's system. a little silly. Mm-hmm. And the, the quickening system, I didn't really love it. It didn't do anything for me. Never use the quickening as my second playthrough.
1: Quickenings are not good. And as Bob will tell you, um, one of our repeated phrases I will tell you why Pinello is there.
0: Okay. <laughs> fuck resplendence, fuck resplendence. <laughs> that is why Pe- that is the point of Resplendent. resplendence, resplendence.
1: <laughs> like literally we would be sitting there playing the game and and you are correct that those quickenings are bullshit because fact, like, you want to have something that involves skill and like actual like knowing what you're doing kind of like Sabin's um blitzes like you have to know the keys or whatever it is and with the fucking um quickenings it's about timing and luck and like random button mashing and god damn it that was so infuriating and Mm. poleno poleno will come up with her goddamn resplendence and we'd sit there fuck resplendence (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, it's not a good system. I will agree with that completely. There's no defending it. And I know that, like, if you can get to a certain number of them, like, the final burst is a different elemental attack. And there are some elementals I never saw playing that game three times for hundreds of hours because I could not get the quickening chain long enough. Like, there's uh, one that's, like, a death-powered one, I think. Like, never got them, ever. It was very frustrating. Um, But, yeah, I think you are... I cannot argue away the criticisms that you levy against the cast because that is again one of the huge mistakes that the the developers made in in a panic i actually do love the fact that you can walk into a zone and there is something there that is way way more powerful than you will ever hope to be and you have to fucking run or you will die bob will tell you in our first play through this game we were in the other desert with the one where it's like oil tankers and Mm -hmm. we've been playing for hours and oh had my not God. found a save crystal like i'm hours, triggered right now right <laughs> yes, and we turn triggered. the corner and there's one of those salamander um fire
0: things big exactly orange, yellow balls the or big whatever yellow balls
3: yeah um, that's the guy i'm talking about exactly oh Ooh, pew, Ooh. Pew,
0: all dead it was over and we were we hadn't found a place to save and i don't know when hours Oh god, we had it was leveled awful. up
1: so many times, and it was so I still frustrating. Love the game though, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing like, uh, we got <laughs> over it really and we played it again. And mm-hmm. it, what until ultimately we found out was we went like the wrong direction at one point. There would have been a save crystal right there, but we hadn't uh, gone that
0: direction. I guess we should have talked to the guy with the strategy guide who was navigating. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I like in terms of an actual RPG, like if you play Dungeons and Dragons, this can totally happen. Like you go down the wrong hallway yeah. and you're faced against something that is way more powerful than you. And your choices: is fight and die or run. And you better hope you can run fast. I, actually, I really like that. I like the fact that 12 has these like mega bosses that are just out there that you could totally get fucked by if you were not smart. And you have your gambit set wrong. I like sure. that. So I'm putting it to a vote. Uh, Ryan, where are you?
2: I'm still sticking with my vote on uh, final fantasy five. I definitely played and main gamed all the way through final fantasy 12. Uh, but to be honest, a lot of the components that you guys are just talking about, I either never did them or don't remember them, meaning they were either not memorable to me or I completely missed them because they're not tied into the <clears throat> main plot and something else I might, Uh, need to mention about my approach to final fantasy games and most games in general. um, Bob, you reminded me of this is that I own many of the strategy guides, but I never touch them. My goal. Yeah. My goal is to press power, play through the game and play till the end without using any external information. And if the game isn't providing internally, the information I need to get the most out of it, beat it and enjoy it, then that's a gameplay design flaw. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I just, I hate that. You didn't get this out of this
0: chest on the first 15 minutes of the game. Sorry, mm. folks. No mm-hmm. ultimate weapon for you.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. fucking hate that. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if they really do it that way that much anymore. I don't think that they do, but I
1: think they did in like seven through 10. Those were absolutely situations that would happen where if like you opened one chest wrong in some room, like way in the beginning. You would never get an optimal weapon. I remember mm. that's a specific thing that happened.
3: That's in twelve world. exclusively. I don't think mm-hmm. that ever happened in any of the other ones. Mm. You can miss the ultimate weapon in six. Oh, you can I, miss weapons for sure, but I don't mm. remember anything else. Where it's like with twelve for the Zodiac Spear, wasn't it like there was like t- ten chests you couldn't open, and there's really no indication yes. of what they were. That's yes. stupid. That's dumb. I hate in- it.
1: Ten two, there's definitely a situation where if you open a certain chest at one point, you are never going to get one of their mascots.
3: Wow, and, uh, that's ten. What ten two was really bad for that, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and and I will say that Ryan, having lived with you while you were playing twelve, it was that you did not <laughs> do any of those side things, and that is true about twelve. Like you can burn through that main story quest, and it's not that long of a game, and there's you're going to miss so much of what I love about that game is the ancillary mm. stuff. I will say that it's all right there and it's all in the game. Like you don't have like they lead you to it, but you don't have to do it. So that's yeah. what I would say. Um, Chad, you're sticking with five. Yes. Bob, you're sticking with
0: 12. Fuck resplendence.
1: <laughs> so Ryan, you are staying with five. Correct. It's a tie. And next alphabetically in the order would go to, to
0: Bob.
2: Well, kids,
0: Death bridge for everyone. Let's move 12 <laughs> forward. <laughs> uh,
1: it is interesting to me that twelve and five are up against each other because both of them have a Gilgamesh subplot. Yeah. Runs, oh, true. Kind of interesting. Yeah, that is fun. All right, so we have a final four of Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy fourteen, Final Fantasy twelve, and Final Fantasy six. Also, another weird thing: we have multiples up against each other. Seven versus fourteen. And 12 versus 6. That's very strange to me, but here we are. Um, I I always like to take a step back at this point and take a look if this is the correct Final Four. I am surprised that it's not 4 or 1 in the Final Four, but I think that was the way that the bracket laid. I I think that of these, the only one... I think 12 is the weakest of the four, but that's just my opinion. So we're going to jump right into it. Final Fantasy 7 versus Final Fantasy 14. I'm going to go around the horn. Ryan, where are you voting here?
2: So this was a real tough one for me because I think I actually have more hours of enjoyable play in final fantasy 14. Uh, But because uh, it's an MMO and not a single player one-on-one storyline driven entry, I leaned in toward final fantasy seven. It is a quintessential entry. Um, Like Chad was saying before uh, it, it kind of, Put Final Fantasy on the map in a bigger way than any uh, than any other time uh, the The soundtrack is amazing and not like the soundtrack in 14 isn't also good, but it's largely renditions of previous soundtracks. So there was just a lot that Final Fantasy 7 uniquely brought to the table for me and and that's why i I, I lean towards seven.
0: All right, Bob so tough i don't like final fantasy 7. i said on break that you know i understand every reason why it was moved forward and why it went past um final fantasy 9. um and i'm totally fine with those reasons i i just don't enjoy it i think it was the first step into this new era um mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily make it the better game um Final Fantasy, but then on the other half of that is the Final Fantasy XIV is an MMO, and this is not the best MMO um, podcast right now, right? It's the best (laughs) Final Fantasy game, and it it kind of it kind of is not a Final Fantasy game if it, I guess, is MMO, right? Um, Mm, It's just a really interesting pairing. Um, I think that Final Fantasy XIV is a better game. I think it's more um, light and fun in. More places. There are some dark moments, obviously. Um, I just Final Fantasy VII doesn't do it for me. It just can't. It can't get me there. <laughs> I can't get to completion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even so, after Cloud puts himself some drag and takes you out on yeah, the yes. you can't get to completion. I, I,
0: I think I'm going to bo- go for Final Fantasy 14 at the end. I think it incorporates all elements of Final Fantasy into an MMO and. It's just more fun to play at the end of the day. And I think that's a better game in that way.
1: Okay. So I think point. we have one in one, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, one to one, Chad, this has got to be difficult for you because you love both of these games.
3: I'm dying right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is so hard. And that's, yeah, what you mean. are. Cast life um, three. <laughs> i'm gonna need more than that we're gonna need some oh, some curaja dark. up in this bitch uh so bob i actually have an honest question for you how far did you get in 14 story
0: so i <laughs> i am mm-hmm. i finished a realm reborn i am still in heaven's word um but i will say that aside from the games that i've played with eric i've never finished a final fantasy game
2: on my oh. own <gasps> oh wow
0: um But I have I consider myself have finished I have finished Final Fantasy 14 because I finished the Realm Reborn right and then you get the expansion to the next part so to me I finished that Final Fantasy game and that's the first game that I've ever been able to really get through an entire storyline play through an entire storyline. Mm. Part of the reason I bring that
3: up is that a Realm Reborn story is really not very prototypical Final Fantasy. Um, Heaven's Word story, Heaven's was my favorite prior to Shadowbringers being released, but Heaven's Word is pretty. It's pretty gnarly. It's like Dragon Song War, and you are fighting dragons and shit. Like that's great. Um, Stormblood is a little bit more political war kind of thing that that doesn't really do it for me. But Shadowbringers has what I would consider a very kind of consummate Final Fantasy feel to it. And it was it was intentional. When you mentioned Final Fantasy IX, that they were talking about going back to High Fantasy, going into the Shadowbringers expansion, um, the the designers had had said that like we are going to go back to High Fantasy. And Shadowbringers does that. I mean you go to a completely different world, you get completely new environments. They're all very rich and in large cases very colorful, like um meg is just literally a fantasy land kind of a thing. Um, you get pixies, you get all that other stuff. like so if you're really thinking that 14 is not like an actual Final Fantasy, I, I would encourage you to try and go back and get into Shadowbringers because you'll see a lot of that stuff there. Um, that being said, I really have to go with seven. Um, I-, I mean, it's just I've bought that game on three different media. I have played through it and I have loved every single second of playing that game through all those different ones. The story is good. The characters are good. Um, it, I mean, I, I care about each one of those characters in there. Uh, Cloud has, a, has, I think, a compelling storyline, especially once you figure out what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tifa, Eris, obviously. Uh, I like how they humanized Barrett. And, and I will go ahead and acknowledge that it's probably a little problematic that the first, like, main sequence... <clears throat> um, non-white character winds up having a machine gun literally Mm. plastered onto him and is swearing all the time Mm. that's Mm. probably a little bit of an issue Mm. but they make him very human with the marlene character with the with the child that he has and the fact that it's not his child it's from one of his other friends that also had a machine gun grafted on his arm but that's whatever um i mean even the dog has a compelling storyline to it Mm. The only right. character in that game that I'd really throw away is Kate Sith. Um, yeah. He has a rockin' theme though, so <laughs> a, a, and a, and I really enjoyed Sephiroth's arc. I mean, there's a you know Kefka in Final Fantasy VI. He's just an evil clown that wants to destroy the world. That's it. Like there's no there's no rhyme or reason for why Kefka is the way that he is. They don't ever have to have it
1: enough, explain so. it. They they actually do. He was actually I believe he was experimented
3: on the same way that Cellus was. I totally missed that. If that was somewhere in the storyline, I totally had missed that. I believe um, that
2: he is. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Dive, that's a deep dive into the lore. I don't know how clear the game itself makes that uh, point about uh, Kepka's backstory. All right, but fair.
3: It's, it's there. Uh, it, so I actually didn't really get any of that from my multiple playthroughs of that game as well. But I mean, Sephiroth has a it has a real like compelling, I think, narrative to him where yeah, he's no. led to believe he's something else. Was that a no, Bob? We, no. We know that you love him. I do. I am <laughs> such a <laughs> fanboy. I mean, we it's, know. <laughs> it's a major part of my online screen names and things Boy like crush. that. Boy crush. And that like eight <laughs> foot long sword. Yeah, it's goals. Whoa. Um So I kind of just, I have to go with seven. Sephiroth.
1: So um I actually don't like seven. I don't like seven at all. <laughs> seven to me is the tryhard of Final Fantasy Games. It is the axe body spray of Final Fantasy Games. Mm-hmm. It is so like um male pain and goth and like it's t- Ugh. um I don't like it just of the described chad. Ooh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> not wrong.
3: Not, I mean this oh. is this is why I associated with it at that time. Um, that was literally me.
1: I don't like any of the characters. I think the whole cloud and what's his face. Uh, it, it's not just Zach. Zach stuff is confusing and poorly told as a story. Um, mm. I did like Aerith and like Chad said, like the first time I played, it, I didn't play her at all because I knew she was going to get knifed. The second time I played it, I did play her and she's a great character mm-hmm. to play with at least like on the battlefield. She's awesome. Um, but it, she's, God, it's like her and Tifa, it's a little too Betty and Veronica for me. Um, like, literally, none of the other members of that cast resonate with me at all. Barrett, I think, is embarrassing, frankly. I think he's a stereotype in the worst way. Um, Yuffie is. I won't even go into it. Um, <laughs> Sid is a belligerent old fuck. I don't care for him at all. Like, I I don't even know if I got Vincent, to be honest with you. I know he's oh. optional. I know Chad loves Vincent, but it is a cast Arthetic. that cast does nothing for me. Nothing. I find the plot to be overly complicated and ponderous and not mm-hmm. interesting or engaging. Like I respect Seven as being a huge leap forward for the series, and I appreciate it in that it brought the series like a magnitude more fans, but as a game itself, I don't like it. The only thing I like about 7 is I think the weapons, like the diamond ruby weapon are really cool and I love that you have like these gigantic monsters that you could choose to fight or not um out there. I love that type of a side plot. Cla- 14, Bob made the point that he didn't know if 14 really counted as a final fantasy game because it's an MMO and it doesn't have a clear end point, which I totally get. But here's what I do love about 14 and I think it is the quintessential final fantasy game because it does such a great job braiding all of the different games into its narrative i love these little easter eggs and sometimes i didn't even know they were easter eggs when i went back and replayed final fantasy one a few months ago when we started doing research for this i realized that montoya uh is actually a character in final fantasy one, final fantasy
2: 1. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah she's
1: right. right from like within the first three hours of that game and she's right there in final mm-hmm. fantasy 14 as a recurring character cryle is from final fantasy 5 mm-hmm. there's like literally mm-hmm. every single final fantasy game i believe someone correct me if i'm wrong except maybe 10 thus far has some type of representation in 9 or excuse me in 14 and mm. As it goes on, the, it continues. I know that Chad. I haven't played. I, I have Shadowbringers. I haven't beaten it yet. But Chad told me that the the big raids are from are
3: all related to uh, eight, right? Uh, the 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 newest patch ones, yeah. And then there's a separate side sequence. When you mentioned the weapons in seven, you're yeah. currently going through now, and you're fighting all of the weapons uh, in Trials and Final Fantasy fourteen right now. The new patch is scheduled to drop this week, and it's going to be the Emerald Weapon fight. And I am hype. Mm.
1: Like I love that, and I I think it is so cool. Final Fantasy overall as a series has so much IP and so many interesting concepts, and there's always echoes within the different games, which I love. But like, fourteen is taking all of it and like using a Potter's wheel and like building this really beautiful vessel with all of it that's not um, kind of. Dismissing anything that's happened in the past, but it's all echoing in this one particular universe in a way that feels very rich to me. Um, I love the fact that it allows people to play this game with their friends all over the world. I I'm frustrated by the fact that it doesn't have a clear endpoint, and like you could just keep spending money and time on this game forever, and never, and like you'd never have like that feeling of satisfaction, that feeling of completion, as Bob said. But um, there was never an issue where I said I don't have enough to do. The problem was I had choice paralysis because I had mm. too many things that I could do, and For so him. that is the issue. I also I played Bard exclusively in that game, mm. and. I was told subsequently by Chad, he's like, yeah, I went through and I finished the Bard. Uh, you got fucked because Bard is the worst class worst, in
3: the game. The absolute worst. Yeah. I've, not I've gotten all the other classes. I mean, Ryan played Paladin. You yep. played Bard. Those were for me, my two least favorite classes, like mm-hmm. easily. And I would be
1: 100% down to go back and play that game again. If I could just start working on a new class. I would take Chad's recommendations because you know them and play like the four of us. Cause the other issue was like trying to get into dungeons, especially some of the old ones
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you had to wait. And it's like 45 minutes to get into a dungeon. And then you get in there with a bunch of like cunts, Moves. frankly, that you don't want to <laughs> deal with who, who are just awful um like i would i think the way to play that game is to have your own party of four people that you're playing with and going through it together what a cool experience that is like Mm -hmm. to to be playing that game through as a group so um i don't like seven and i do like 14 for that reason i'm voting 14 we are evenly split chad's the tiebreaker so you decide is it seven or 14
2: yep welcome to the big leagues kid no chad 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 before you decide I just want you to conjure in your mind's ear Eris the theme
3: ooh <laughs> and the the absolute sadness of laying her to rest and and I mean yeah. yes it, so going back to the music final fantasy VII has it, i the music is both a pro and a con to me where the music is mm. i think very very well composed but like the sound quality like the instrumentation on there when they were clamoring for years for a remake, all I wanted was for them to just update the graphics and the and the music. That's mm-hmm. all. It was a great game. There was no need to do the rest of this. And the um, remake
0: is garbage. Oh, trash, 50, no. <laughs> trash. trash. Not even considering um, it. Trash. But
3: then 14, the music is much more atmospheric. And mm-hmm. as part of 14, you get to have a house and you get to put a little, like, basically a stereo in there and, like, put on the songs that you wanted to play. And quite <sighs> frankly, I have had the same playlist on there for, like, the last two years,
2: like but there are certain games that are that tells story, though. That's like music you can play in the game. <clears> the music in seven is part of the story. one hundred percent. It's cinematic and it's so moving and that final battle with with yes, I mean, spoiler
3: that I have to go with seven. I love fourteen, but I mean seven in terms of its importance, in terms yes. of what it's done for Final Fantasy. And I think when you're thinking top two Final Fantasy games, 14, it's a great game, but it shouldn't be top two in Final Fantasy games. I agree. Seven should.
1: So that's going to bring us to the last in the Final Four, which is Final Fantasy 12 versus Final Fantasy 6. Does anybody want to vote for 12 here? Bob?
0: I do not. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> no. Chad?
1: Cast it into the fire! <laughs> uh we're going to get the sun crest and we're going to to cleave it uh 12 is out it is six versus seven in the final and i do think that this is uh again if you're looking at a a series that has had currently 15 main entries we are literally like the two middle games are at the peak and we have to decide two
0: different eras two different different, completely different like eras of the game
1: this is destiny. This is how it was meant to be. So I'm going to go around the horn and I'm going to go Ryan first. Is it six or is it seven?
2: Oof, man, it is six all the way for me. I'm glad we put the poison in the river for 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cause I cannot stand that game. And I'm so glad that six can stand victorious over it. But in the, final bout uh six just takes it from me for so so many reasons that we could probably have another complete minisode just on the details of six so i'm hoping we get to uh, a lot of them though i i will note that there is a youtuber named pro jared who does a really good retrospective on final fantasy six and he starts it and he's sitting on like The floor in his living room with his back up against his shelf of uh, classic video games. And he's near in tears talking about how impactful this game was to his life as a gamer and his development as a person. And I really relate to all of that. Six. Um, which, for many, many, many years, I refused to refer to as six. I insisted that it's called three because that's the fucking number on my SNES cartridge. <laughs> but it really does have that place in my heart and in my life. When it came out, uh, it came out at such a time that uh, the characters and the emotions and the storyline uh, really interwove with my development as a as a person and and a, obviously as a gamer. Uh, there are moments like the opera scene. There is the story arc of Terra uh, transforming as a half-person, half-esper. Uh, the music—I again—I I could go on for uh, at length on on the soundtrack. It's it's got themes for each of the characters. Uh, there are variations on those themes to fit the mood and the moment. Um, I lean so hard into uh, tracks like Setzer's theme and the airship theme in our D&D <laughs> game. Uh-huh. The combat music is varied and riveting and blood pumping. Uh, it just it just has it all. I will agree completely with that. I, I
1: want to give other people a chance before I chime in. Bob, is it six or, or is it seven for you?
0: I can't pick anything but six. This is my first Final Fantasy game. The first one I've ever played. I mm. had ever played. Um, it is so much fun to play. I think about this game and I can't think of a part of this game that's not fun. Mm. Um, I loved, I, I, again, I didn't get all the way to the end but almost to the end of this game. <laughs> um, but- You can do it. Yes. Um, it, I think, Ryan, you mentioned like it has themes for characters. you know, the different uh, musical themes, I, the parties, like the party piece to this, like there are so many characters you have, you can have multiple parties happening at multiple times. There's, there's battles and scenes where you're managing multiple parties in different sections Mm -hmm. of the screen at the same time, rotating between them. Um, So much fun. The opera scene, the ghost train, like there's Mm -hmm. just so much fun going on in this game um, that, you know, characters you know based on the decisions or your impatience in the game characters can die and don't come back right mm, yeah um it's just i i you know it's it's just a lot of fun for me i think it was to me a, like the perfect cap to that 16 bit that pre you know 3d graphics generation of this game like it it's it's just a game that you can't i don't find a lot of fly in. and mm. like it's halfway, like two thirds, however far that is into the game, like you pretty much lose, right? You just lost and the world is in ruin now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oops, Mm -hmm. that sucks. How do we fix this? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like, oh God, how depressing, but, um, you get to fix that. And it's just, it's just so interesting to me that, um, this game is so interesting to me then switching over to seven where it's, it's, it's a basic, it's a straightforward story, but like, it just doesn't have the the different elements um, that I think that Final Fantasy VI did where like there had a lot of, lot of different things happening all at once. And the Blackjack is a cool airship. So, so cool. It's a
1: very cool airship. So, Chad, this is your episode. I'm going to let you go last. I'm going to say my piece here. I agree with everything that's been said. And the difference of these two for me, I mentioned this before, Final Fantasy VII is trying so hard. Final Fantasy VII is doing the most. Final Fantasy VI is not doesn't have to because it's fucking effortless it Mm. to me is sweeping it is grand in scale i'm not gonna say everything necessarily makes sense because again nothing really makes sense in a final fantasy story but there are so many different subplots all of them are very interesting all of them are pushing your characters forward Mm. i think that the characters take actually a huge step back in seven from six in terms of being fleshed out and having characteristics from a like I'm playing this and I have characters to play with. There's so much variety in the play styles with these characters. I am a sucker for a good C-level character. And Six is awesome C-level characters. <laughs> you've got Mog. You've got Yumaro. You've got Zozo. You've got Realm. You've got Gao. You've got... These are characters that most people are like, well, these all suck. Sets are. Like, I loved playing with these weird little characters that would do unexpected things. To me, that is why I love Final Fantasy. It's these weird things that are fantastical and catch my imagination as opposed to guy with giant sword and machine gun arm. Mm -hmm. But your mileage may vary, and that's fine. Um, I just think 6 is almost like in terms of its scope, it's like the original Star Wars trilogy in one game. It is a dense game. There's a ton of stuff going on there. It takes you hours and hours and hours to do it all properly. And the grinding, which I, I love the grinding part of these games, I never got bored. Of course bored. you do. Of course, I love a good grind.
0: <laughs> um,
1: you never... I never got bored. I loved leveling up all of my party members so that each of them could come in and like fucking go to town on something. To me, it is... Easily the best Final Fantasy game. I could play it over and over again. I'd never get bored. It's not a contest to me. Chad, where are you coming down on this?
3: Uh, so it's actually kind of interesting in a couple of ways. Um, where going into this episode, when we first talked about using this as a topic, I I basically just assumed that 7 was going to be my favorite. And then going back to one of the other episodes, it was the... Um, the steel magnolias one, one of the quotes on there is what separates us from the animals is our abilities to our ability to accessorize. Um, <laughs> I, I take a little different approach to that. And what separates us from the animals is our ability to engage in semi quantitative analysis. And- <laughs> it's a little less pithy, but go for it. <laughs> I think it works great. And so as I was sitting there and I was looking and comparing at these games, I started to recognize, oh my God, my final, fa- my favorite final fantasy is not seven. It's actually six mm. because I, I, the only real weakness about it is the cast is bloated. And the majority of the time, those dudes are just chilling on the airship and you <laughs> could get into a fight and get wiped out. And the rest of your friends are just on the airship. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but then there are places where it really turns out like the phoenix cave where you've got all three of the parties and the parties have to interrelate in order to get through the the navigation um and even though the the cast is bloated each one of them has a rich story to them mm-hmm. and i'm really mm-hmm. glad ryan mentioned the you know identity of you know his own development being associated with these games cuz i felt kind of stupid thinking about that but I feel like that's where I get a lot of my values from. I feel like that's Mm. where I get a lot of my ideas about, you know, how to treat other people and how to, and how to engage in, in, in real life is, I mean, frankly, I raised myself a little bit on video games. Sorry, Mm. mom and dad. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm living for this burn.
1: Go on. It also explains why I poisoned that entire village.
3: <laughs> um, but I mean, the the game, it, it the music is phenomenal. If mm-hmm. you have not yet listened to the ending theme of this, which, uh, Bob, a little shot across the bow here. Maybe you haven't because you didn't finish it. Um, the ending so it. theme is probably my favorite piece of music in existence it's 30 minutes or something like that 20 to 30 minutes but it is an absolute tour de force it pulls in all of the individual themes and, mm-hmm. it, and it describes like the the escape from a from the tower and all this other stuff uh mm-hmm. absolute masterpiece of work the music is still centered like it's still enough of a centerpiece where the themes are good because in final fantasy 9 that's where like the music starts to go a little bit more at uh 9 and 10 the music starts to go atmospheric and the themes become not nearly as strong the right. themes are very strong in yeah. this in this game and in uh, that last
2: in that last track the character themes are arranged in certain moments where they overlap to say something about the complex dynamics in the relationship between the characters and that's just mind blowing mm-hmm. for a video game the the, the depth of Uh, emotional evocativeness and art art art, uh, artisanship that that went into this game it's it's just
1: especially at the time like we're talking early 90s for this and it really is astonishing and he was talking about cellus Locke, obviously overlap because they have there's the edward seven but the one and chad i don't even know if you realize this and you might not either bob shadow and Realm. realm are you aware that shadow is realm's father
0: Hmm. Mm. Which is yeah. incredible
3: because it's never really explicitly
1: it's defined. Never explicitly in the game. said. Exactly.
3: Hinted at such strongly, but I mean, if you read, if you read all the hints there, it's pretty obvious that that's what it comes yes. out. To. Yeah. Huh. And it's and amazing.
2: I have, I have played and finished com- incomplete the main stories of all of these mainline numbered final fantasy entries and the way that the ending of this game comes full circle with the rest of the plot is bar none the most uh geniusly realized it's Hmm.
3: satisfying
1: it's very satisfying and moving it
2: really is very moving very moving yeah, so,
3: it, it, the ending for this game is just amazing. I mean, I mean the, the whole game from top to bottom. It, the fact that there is that massive shift where you literally do lose and you lose everything and then you have to rebuild your party. You have to go and find your friends, and then your friends finally band together and you you know you rise up against it at the the whole thing from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So with that
1: being said, Chad, are you saying six is your vote?
3: Has to be. Yeah.
1: Okay. So there you have it. With that, we have our pick for the best Final Fantasy game. Cue the victory music. <laughs> Yay.
2: Yay. It's even we all true. gain levels.
1: Exactly. We leveled I up. I gained a level, and
2: you, gain a level. <laughs> and you gain a level, and you gain a level, and you gain a level. It's even uh, the music from Final Fantasy 6. Exactly.
1: Is. That oh. was intentional. Do you agree with our decisions? Do you think we're a bunch of spoony bards who made terrible mistakes? Tell us all about it by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on social media. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or YouTube. Consider supporting us on Patreon, or pod hero, and make sure to check out the website to see what polls are open now for your votes. I want to say thank you to my panel who always hit the bar pot on my personal golden saucer and thank you for listening now let's all do sassy victory poses have a good one